everybody. Welcome to our conversation about Europe and Side B Christians. Um, we are going to have a fun conversation today. First thing that we want to remind everybody about as we've been doing these uh, kind of global conversations is the fact that everybody, as much as they can tell us about the culture in which they live, um, their experiences are primarily and really solely their own. So we're not speaking on behalf of an entire culture or country or region, just going to be some people that are talking about their personal experiences within that culture, uh, which is to say there are countless experiences and this is only a small sample, but the small sample that we do have today um, is our friend Adrian, who does live in Europe, has lived in Europe his entire life, and Christian Johnston, who spent time in Europe, um, going to give a little bit of their experiences there. So, Adrian, how are you? How are you today? How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Good. The weather is hot, and it's, it's I enjoy the sun. <laughs> Excellent. I know it's so great. I'm a big fan. Um, well, tell us a little bit about um, yourself, how you identify um, personally within your context, um, and a little bit about your journey of sexuality and faith. Okay. Well, my name is Adrian Berry, and I, I live in Hungary. I've lived here for about over 25 years, um, been involved in various kinds of Christian work. Um, about the identify thing. Um, I suppose I'm usually just say I'm gay. I mean, um, at least <laughs> recently I've, I've said that. Um, of course, I have to exist in a foreign language, so um, people don't really know what SSA means here. There isn't any kind of equivalent. There's never been any kind of ex-gay movement here, and so people are they're not really familiar with that kind of terminology. So if I translated SSA into Hungarian, nobody would have any idea what I was talking about. <laughs> So it's probably just to say gay, but of course that upsets some people because they think of activism. But I, I don't mind the, that, that expression myself. I was going to um, say, it's a little easier to explain a word that they already know and give a little yes. more detail than to try to create an entirely new conversation yes. about it. Well, well, the word for gay has two syllables in Hungarian, but if I have to say SSA, then it's about 10 or something. So why use 10 syllables? Oh, when absolutely. Yeah. I get that completely. Totally. So Christian, how about you? I know well. we've had some conversations with you before, but remind us in case we have some first-time listeners a little bit about you. Sure, sure. So about myself. Um, my identity uh, conversation, I tend to lean towards using gay. Sometimes I will use SSA depending on the context I'm in. Um, the journey for me in sexuality has been probably only the last eight years of actually working through things. Um, I've more or less always held a side B position in my theology, but only discovered the side B broader world about four years ago. I understand that. It's a, it's a long journey before we found people who were, uh, right. You mean I'm not the only one? Wow. I know, right? It's exactly. amazing. I love that. We have thousands of people who felt for so long that we were the only ones. Um, Adrian, how about you? Share with us a little bit about your journey of sexuality and faith and, and what that's looked like in your context. Well, it's quite a long one because um, I'm now 67 years old. <laughs> and so, and I've been a Christian for 40 years, so it's really been quite a long journey. But the, <clears throat> the coming out thing and, and finding other side B peoples really, again, like Christian says, it's only been about the last four years. Okay. But um, 
I was brought up in a Christian family, so I, I always attended church, Baptist particularly. Uh, I realised I was attracted to boys when I was about 15, and kind of got in, when I went to university, I was in university in London, and so in the 70s I kind of lived that kind of lifestyle and didn't bother with the Lord, and then somehow the Lord got hold of me and, uh, and turned my life around completely. I, I had a very powerful conversion experience, and... Uh, and uh, and uh, was able to give up the sex addiction instantly, pretty well. And and thinking, I'd never I'd never heard of side B, side X, whatever. But I think I was thinking in terms of side X. Oh, I've been prayed for now. I'm going to be straight. I'm going to get married and all that. And in fact, I did get married not because I was advised to or because people said it would be you know an answer or anything, but just because I wanted to. And I found a woman and we fell in love with each other and we were completely open with each other about the situation. And uh, later on I kind of realised, oh, this attraction to men has not gone away. But uh, nevertheless, we had a very good a very good marriage. It was uh, very successful. And um, God was then calling me to Hungary to come to move here. And while I was uh, preparing, I went to Bible college to study theology. And during that time, my wife was killed in a car accident. Oh, so sorry. that was in 91 and um, I've been open to get married again but it's just never happened and I'm quite a happy single guy at the moment so I'm, I'm very content I feel I think I'm quite well balanced I don't feel you know panicky about about any of this stuff like I need I need someone I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm fine being single um, when I moved to Hungary I just <laughs> I said to the Lord Okay, all this gay stuff, it's in the past. I don't need to mention it. I'm never going to talk about it again. And, and that was the same for decades. So, you know, that's why I don't know anything about the scene. I, I didn't have any gay friends. I, I was just getting on with ministry. I've been a pastor. I've been a Bible college lecturer. And, and just four years ago, God said, I want you to come out and I want you to talk about your sexuality because other people need to be helped. So I struggled and fought for about six months, but I couldn't, I couldn't actually say no. So basically, that's what happened. So my church is really supportive. They're fine. They're, they're very positive. So that is, and they give, still give me things to do. I still get to minister. You know, so, excellent. So it's fine. Oh, that is fascinating. I, I would love to hear more about about just all of that that goes together. Sometimes um, it is it is incredible how how the Lord works those things out um, to get us where we need to be and when we need to be there and make sure that we're prepared for what he wants us to do. I had the same kind of thing. Um, when I went to seminary, I was like, well, that's in the past. We'll just be moving right along right here. And the Lord was like, oh, no, no. Like you don't, you don't get to if you take all that, that work that I've done and you just keep it to yourself. It, it doesn't do anybody any good. So right. Yeah, right. Sweet child. I'm working in you. <laughs> it's just wasted pain. That's what I've told people for years. There's no point in wasting right, pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to make sure that it has a, a purpose. Um, well, tell us a little bit about, I know you've said that it's a, been a relatively new thing for you to live within this context of, um, of coming out as gay within the Christian community there where you are in Hungary. Um, what, what do you feel about um, the context of being gay or same-sex attracted in your home country? You're from England originally, correct? Yes. Yes. Um, what would you say are the differences in, in context between your home country and the experiences you had then and what it may be like now when you go back to visit? 
um, compared to the way things are in, in Hungary for you? Um, <clears throat> well, as I, um, when I became a Christian, I just thought it was all going to be behind me. And so I didn't tell everyone, you know, not many people in my church knew that, my, that when I've been in churches, then, you know, the leadership has known. But it's just being, being kind of, well, if you're okay, then we don't need to talk about it. So, you know, there, there really wasn't anything going on. Um, I since realised that in the church I was in in North Wales, I was in North Wales for 10 years, and I'm still in contact with that church. It's, it's, I, I consider it to be one of my supporting churches. Um, I, I, I'm just sort of counting up the people, and I'm sure there were at least like five or six gay people in that church over the time that I'd known it, but yeah. nothing was much discussed or talked about or <laughs> whatever. Um, Hungary, it's very difficult to find anyone else, really. It's... Um, my church is, uh, <coughs> I don't know, how did this happen? I say it was about three years ago, um, the Lord started speaking to me about this, and so I gradually started talking to people about, about the situation. I first told my best friend that I'd known for 10 years and we'd worked in missions and I'd kind of never got around to saying anything, but <laughs> finally I did. And then I told my pastor and the elders in the church, and they, they were just fine. They were, they were very supportive. Um, then I was asked to give my testimony, so I, you know, I publicly came out in the church and, and had an interview with my pastor. And I've not had any negative responses that I can that I'm aware of. That's I mean, good. everybody's still cool with me. People, you know, just treat me just like they always have. You know, people have known me for a while. Good. Um, so in my own particular ch home church, but which is quite on, you know, I think it's it's kind of upbeat and and you know they're moving forward. It's conservative. I mean, they would uh, they wouldn't be happy with side A, but uh, you know, side B they're, they're perfectly fine with. I've had <laughs> some negative comments from, from some people who don't get it. You know, why do you need? It's it's sort of like, well, if you're if you're, uh, you know, if you're not living the lifestyle or whatever they say, you know, why do you need to talk about it? And I said, yeah. it's not for me. It's for other people. That's the answer, <laughs> basically. Yeah. But uh, so some people have been a bit not understood, perhaps, but. Uh, in general, it's been fairly positive. There hasn't been this great, massive culture war here like there has in, been in America. You know, I mean, this is this has been a massive uh, warfare going on for the last fifty years or whatever in America. But in, in Hungary, yeah. it's it's not really not really been so much of a subject that's on the. In, yeah, in that's one of the things that I've wondered about because I know when we hear in America about um, anything related to gay culture or sexuality in it seems to kind of fall of a divide between western europe and eastern europe moving towards middle eastern or areas connected with the former soviet union of western europe is completely embracing and accepting and people are fine and eastern europe it's still very closed down people may experience yeah. some amount of persecution because of their sexuality they're yeah. still dealing the with legalities the is, I think. you know if, if you go east from here say to the Soviet Union or um, right. Middle East, of course, they certainly yeah. from Israel, which is quite okay. Yeah, that's what that's what I've wondered how because um, I know Hungary's kind of right there in the middle of everything, so I wasn't really sure what that was going to look like for you. So it's it's good to know that that you've had that good support, especially within your church. Yeah. Um, Christian, how about you? The context that you were in while you were there, um, how did how did <clears throat> things look for the LGBT community? Sure. So I was in Poland for two years. And I absolutely adore Poland. 
so actually a fun fact between Hungary and Poland, uh, those two cultures throughout time have always been extremely close together. They've essentially never had a conflict. And so they, they just always get along. Uh, so I've always like known a little bit about Hungary just because of being in Poland and probably vice versa. Um, so with that shared commonality there, I thought it was neat that we're both talking about countries that are really well connected. Uh, what, what has been a little bit sad for me is that I started discovering the side B space while I was living in Poland. And back at that time, I was working through a lot of things. I wasn't very open, uh, didn't really share with friends that I had in Poland, but I was very much watching what was happening in the culture at large. Um, sadly, I can't give too much context for how the Polish church was handling the topic. But what I did notice was that queer women pretty much felt fine on the street being themselves. Like I would see women, you know, kissing and, and holding hands in more romantic ways, not just the simple friendship kind of way. And that just seemed pretty average in Poland. Whereas the gay men were still very much hiding themselves. You had to really know what you were looking for to spot another gay guy. On top of that, one time my boss and I were having sushi together or getting sushi together. And there were these two guys sitting nearby. My Polish wasn't good enough yet to really understand what they were whispering about together. But they first gauged the people around them. And when they figured out that, well, they assumed that we did not speak Polish, but my boss speaks fluent Polish. So once they thought that we didn't speak Polish, they actually started talking about their relationship problems. So even in this context, you have gay people out in public who are trying to be themselves, but they're making sure it's very cautious environment, don't want people to really know what's going on. And I don't know, I, I just watched a few Polish films that tried to give some context for what that could look like as well. And in general, I'd say that uh, the LGBT community in Poland is in the middle of figuring out what does it look like to be Polish and gay. So it's a, it's a harder conversation that also gave me some red flags about what would ministry look like for me as I continued forward wow. living there. Absolutely. Um, how do you both feel you can take turns um, with this question if you want to, how do you feel that your personal experience uh, compared with other side B Christians, possibly around Europe with different cultural contexts, different countries? Um, what do you think your experience has looked like compared to others? See, it's, it's Eastern and Western are, are, are very different. Um, <clears throat> even, you know, the, the form, former Eastern Bloc countries like the Czech Republic, for example, is very much more open, uh, I'd say, than, than Hungary, even than Slovakia. Slovakia and the Czech are completely different. It's interesting to, <laughs> to figure that one out. Um, Romania, even more so. So the further you go East, the more, you know, more the conservative, conservative okay. it is. Um, Gay Christian people I've talked to in, in Hungary, uh, some of them are very much afraid of anybody ever finding out, you know, they're, they're, they're mm -hmm. not out, you know, they're, they're, they don't want to say anything. They say, that I, could, I could never say this to anybody in my church, sort of thing. Right. Um, though there are some others. I mean, I, I know, a, I know a, a, a reform minister, he's in his 40s now, and, um, and he's fairly open. I mean, some, some, people, are, some people are more open. Um, I find people struggle with um, a double life kind of thing. You know, I, I know some Christians who are not out, you know, to, to people, but they'll, you know, go to gay bars and hook up and that kind of thing. And they're kind of honest with me, but they said, you know, it's, it's you know, difficult to get free of that. So yeah. basically I just listen. I'm not really sure how to, 
<laughs> listen and pray for them. Um, I say sometimes that's the best ministry you can get. I'm not really sure about that. I mean, we, we do have some people in the group who are from or Germany, but I really don't know much about okay. their experience, I'm afraid. Yeah, no, that makes that makes good sense. Um, looking at how those things have changed, you know, the fact that, especially in the church, people have had to live that double life to a certain extent, um, really as a matter of survival. Um, what are some things that you have seen change about the conversation concerning sexuality across your lifetime, moving from between different countries? Um, what what has what have you seen change that maybe you think are changes for good? Um, maybe possibly changes for bad. But how has that discussion changed for you? Having said that, you know that I was ignoring the issue for decades, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to think. When I became a Christian initially in, in Britain, that was in the early 80s, there was a, there was a group called Tr True Freedom Trust, which was kind of side B, and that, that, was, that was quite helpful. And so <clears throat> a lot of people, of course, were hiding. They weren't out, and they didn't have contact, but they wouldn't talk about it in, in their church or anything. I think there's more openness, certainly in the West, perhaps more willing to admit who they are and... Uh, Sure, people understand that they're side B and that you know that they're in a mixed orientation marriage or a, or a <coughs> single. Um, I think there's more acceptance of that, I would say, possibly than in the past. But I've never, I've never really experienced whoever I've told. I've never really experienced any really bad reactions. I don't think either in Britain at the time or or since then, then in Hungary, not any any personal bad reactions and I've had pastors come contact me here in Hungary and said hey we've got this gay couple coming to church can you give me any advice or can you come and visit or anything so yeah. um, I, there is more openness I'd say it's gradual but it, it is getting yeah. yeah yeah would you say that the um the conversation in the church has been relatively open it seems from like what you've you've discussed that especially your church individually um has been really open and accepting to to learning from you and to supporting you um, ha people, has that conversation? Some individuals, I'd say. Some individuals said, "Hey, can, yeah. I, talk, can I ask you about this or, or, or something?" Others just, just you know, just get on with, get on with it. Yeah. <laughs> basically, don't. They're not interested. Why do you have to keep talking about this? Yeah, I've heard. I've heard that more than once. <laughs> I've, I've had that a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do talk about other things. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> you want people to understand? Yeah. Um, well, Christian, did you have any specific experiences um, more from that observational point since you were in the area for a short, short time and didn't really, weren't completely out with the conversation? It kind of gives you more of a an, an observer's perspective of it. How did you see that conversation going? Right. So I was having a hard time balancing, okay, God, if I'm staying in this country long term, but you're also giving me ample opportunities to invest into LGBT people. Yeah. How am I going to do this going forward? And so I was absolutely watching the conversation going on in culture. I wish I had had more experience in the Polish church itself having this conversation. Um, sadly, I, I made it a point to only attend service in Polish when my Polish was not very good. And so I, I couldn't really keep up with most conversations most of the time. Uh, however, I'd say that one thing I, I did notice that was 
uh, impactful. I made one friend who was side B, who lived even 10, 15 minutes away from me by walking. And so we were connecting quite a bit after we met. It was really great. He was a huge encouragement. Um, I, I should probably reconnect with him actually. <laughs> mm -hmm. And he was uh, from, he wasn't even Polish. He was from a different part of Europe. And through him, I learned that there are actually a number of organizations doing uh, programs in Europe. At least they were in Poland, but they were programs that lean probably far more towards X and maybe XY, but far more into X than Y. And that conversation seemed to be what was happening with the Catholics in Poland, which of course, Poland is predominantly Catholic. Right. And so from the gay people that I did meet in Poland, they usually ended up being Catholic and they would be pretty repressed or just trying to get rid of um, at least the public perception of their sexuality. So I, I'm not exactly sure that that's simply my perception of what, what I experienced through conversations. Um, and through observation, but there are actually programs going on in Poland that are uh, going on primarily for men to have the conversation in faith and sexuality, but leans more X. Okay. Yeah, that's, um... There is that, I think, going on here as well, perhaps. There's a, after, after, you know, the whole, the whole thing of the X gay movement and the, the last 50 years and then the collapse of Exodus and finally realizing that, okay, we never ever changed anybody's sexuality. Right. After, after, you know, we come to the end of all that in America, then they're trying to introduce it in, into Eastern Europe, you know, so, um, so I find that very frustrating and I'm going to do my yeah. best to, uh, to be vocal about that whenever I can. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it seems like mm -hmm. that, that conversation you hope would have played itself out, but yeah, there's always, always room for things like that. Well, looking at one other large conversation that has been going on here, um, has been the discussion about chosen family, looking for community. And you said at the beginning that you've had very, um, a very good experience as far as being long-term single and celibate, even after having been married. Um, so how, how have you gone about finding that type of community outside of having a nuclear family, um, especially where you are um, living in a different country now? Mm -hmm. Well, um, yes, I was already uh, a widow, widower when I came to Hungary, so you know that I, I came as that. I've had various different um, different experiences. I say I feel now content and, and well balanced, but it, it hasn't always been like that. In right. Uh, in fact, I f in fact, since I actually started talking about this and then I, and I came out publicly and and it was much better than I thought it was going to be. I've just I've, I've never felt better actually. <laughs> It's, it's been a really good experience. But um, I've always had one or two close friends. Um, um, and I, I, I still have. I, uh, I still have a few close friends that I, that I hang out with. Um, it was mainly people in the church, but not always, and some, some secular friends as well. With me, the language is not a problem. I mean, I've been learning Hungarian since I was about 18 or something. So, you know, I've... Uh, I'm perfectly fluent in Hungarian. It's absolutely no problem to, you know, yeah. to exist in. Which is a huge statement, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Can we take a minute to acknowledge that? Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> it's not an easy language, but I'm just so completely used to it now. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
and the uh, and since of, since I came out and since I've been getting involved with side B, then I've made some really good gay friends as well. Some mainly mainly side Y, but side, sorry side B. But I actually have some secular friends because from there's a there's a, a whole bunch of British people living in, in the area, about two hundred and fifty okay. people, and there are I think three gay couples among them. I've got to know one one of the couples really well. Uh, they probably think I'm weird. I mean, they know I'm gay and they know I'm a Christian and they know I hang out with them. I, I don't judge them and, <laughs> and they don't get me, but yeah. <laughs> we get on fine. So, yeah, I'm, I like getting out. I like being with friends, but it seems to it seems to work okay. I wouldn't know, say, perhaps a community, maybe just individual relationships that are good. Huh. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, in those times that it has not always felt so content, um, were there specific things that you did in order to kind of rediscover that contentment? Have you learned how to just kind of ride those seasons of, of loneliness and, and discontentment? Um, but I usually manage to find to talk to. Yeah. Uh, um, well, not all my experiences with the, with the Christian church here have been good either. I've had some pretty bad. Uh, my present church is fantastic and I love it, it's great, but I've only been there yeah. for four years, you know, so, that, so the, the time leading up to that, there was a lot of difficult things happened. Um, but it was nothing to do with the, the sexuality issue, it was just all kinds of, of other things. Right. Um, I think cultural differences have, has been a problem. It's interesting, you can learn to speak the language fine, but there's still these weird cultural differences that you're not quite sure of and misunderstandings right. that happen. And, uh, and that went on for, for quite a while, I think. <laughs> I was say, that, that sometimes is the challenging part. I know when I've worked with international students here in America, that's one thing that they have discussed is like, you know, I'm, my English is okay. I'm still not really sure what to do about, you know, going and visiting at a friend's house or what they're doing. And so they talk about the fact that just being in that different culture can add to loneliness of just, always feeling like an outsider simply because of cultural differences. So I've, I've been yes, curious yes. to know if, especially in your context specifically, if, if there was some sort of like a, a double dealing with that between just being a gay Christian and then being in a different context from where you were raised. Um, but it sounds like you've, you've done a, a good job of figuring out how to, how to do those relationships and how to find the individuals in order to, to support yourself spiritually I, I, and relationally. Yes, yes, certainly. Yes, I feel pretty well integrated. I also became a Hungarian citizen last year as well. So, uh, congratulations! Congratulations! <laughs> well, just just I just mentioned one really really weird cultural thing that um, Hungarians are very often late to things. Everything starts late, um, whereas I was, you know, taught to be fairly punctual. And so, I'd be in a meeting. Um, there's, there's this cultural thing where, where if you meet. If you meet an individual for the first time in a day, then you shake hands every time. Um, and that was just really weird for me. <laughs> and, and so people would arrive in a meeting late and, uh, and then they'd go around and shake hands with everybody, disturbing what was going on. You know? <laughs> and I thought, this is really so rude. <laughs> and then if I was late, I'd just say, hi, everybody, and sit down. And they thought I was rude because I didn't go around and shake hands with them. <laughs> Definitely take a lot of. Really. <laughs> that would really throw me off. <laughs> yeah, because I 
I tend to be late fairly frequently now that I have two kids that I'm trying to keep up with. And I always want to just sneak in silently and pray that nobody notices me. So yeah, that's, that's that I would know what to do with that. Um, well, when you're looking, speaking of differences in culture, when you look at what's going on over on this side of the Atlantic, um, as you see what's going on with North American platforms, people that, that talk about side B movement here, um, are there specific things that you really resonate with in those conversations? Or are there a lot of things that you just think, this is so different from my cultural experience, I don't really know how to relate? Like what resonates and what doesn't with you compared to the North American context? I'd say more that it, that it seems strange to me. It's not, it's not something that I can resonate so well with certain things. I think it's, it's amazing how many people have said that they've come out very, very clearly and said they're conservative and they're side B and they're celibate, and they still get very, you know, strongly attacked by, by groups and, and told that, you know, this is not acceptable, you need to become straight and all this. I, that's just yeah. amazing to me. I just think that's, that's completely unreasonable. <laughs> uh, so do we. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Well, we've talked about before. I know I've talked with um, Josh. I'm not sure if we've done it actually in an episode. Um, but the conversation that so much of what is happening in America, specifically in the United States, has to do with language and descriptions and um, grammar. I mean, it, yes. you're talking about the difference language between language. nouns and yeah. adjectives and yeah. that simply because of that minutia of the conversation that so many other parts of the world don't have these conversations because it's not something that translates into different languages. And I know you mentioned um, at the beginning of our conversation that the difference between trying to explain same-sex attraction versus just using the word gay in Hungarian. Um, do you do you think that a lot of the conversations that take place here um, just aren't an issue in other places, not because of theological differences but really more a matter of linguistics i say certainly the language difference yes that, yeah. that would, it, some some of it just seems completely superfluous you know why are they arguing about these words right. because you know gay homosexual uh, what is it same-sex attractive uh experience same-sex attraction they all mean the same thing anyway so <laughs> you have to make sure that you say it's ongoing, but also unwanted. Oh, unwanted. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. People need people right. need to know that you don't want to be gay in order to be. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's incredible um, how that goes. Christian, have you seen similar things when you were in Poland that it really just like looking at the the arguments and the debates in America compared to to how things were there? Does it seem just ridiculous? <laughs> <laughs> what I because of what I was experiencing, I thought that Poland felt 10 to 15 years behind the United States mm -hmm. on the topic, uh, whether it was culture or within the church. And so, and then considering where the United States is currently and being an American and seeing where it's at, that's like, oh God, how can it be? <laughs> how can it still be that far behind? Yeah. Um, so I was, I was still stuck on realizing, wow, if I'm staying here, I'm basically living in the 90s united states in this topic um so I, I would say that a lot of the conversations that americans were having was just something that the the polish the polish church like the queer people in the polish church if we were to sit down and have had conversations 
probably a, a number of the things they would have gone, well, we're not even at that point yet. So we're still focusing on this thing right now. <laughs> um, side note, because you mentioned language, I was going to throw a funny language thing in there for you from my Polish learning experience. Back when I was a young Polish student, this was when I was 27. I was really, really warm in the room one day. And I tried to tell the teacher in Polish, because I was going to be so proud of my Polish ability, I'm warm. And so Polish has seven cases. Technically, six of them are actually in use. The seventh is a different story. Right. And then I try to say I'm warm. I say, jestem ciepły. Mm -hmm. And my teacher immediately corrects me, like, no, 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 Chris, ciepło mi. And as I learned, she didn't explain because Polish teachers are very proper. They will not really explain to you the problem of what you did. What I did, it's exactly the same word, but the case ending is different. Chepwo mi is used because when you say chepwe, you're implying that you're gay. <laughs> right. It's exactly the same. In because, yeah, you're not hot or cold, you're warm. So I didn't have the heart to also go with it and be like, well, it's true. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, no, I meant what I said. Um, yeah. Right, but also well, interesting point too, on that. But also, can we turn the air on? Yeah. Right, also interesting point on that note. I was learning from my, my friend who actually speaks Polish very fluently. Poland has lots of vocabulary for the queer space. I just didn't really get to know it. Yeah. That's always... Yeah, so, yeah, it's the same in Hungarian. If I say I am warm, it means I'm gay. If I say to me it is warm, then that means, you know, it's the temperature thing. Right. Linguistics is fascinating to me. If I was ever going to go back and just study something for learning, it would definitely be how languages and things like that work when you look at, at culture and context specifically. Yeah. Well, um, when, when you're looking at um, how your experience in particular has gone, Adrian, um, and seeing how you've said that you you don't necessarily relate to the North American context. I know, especially, I mean, Americans in general, we, we can be short-sighted just in general. Um, <laughs> we think that we are the center of the universe. Um, <laughs> but specifically about side B voices um, in the Christian conversation, uh, we, we want to ensure that it can be as global a conversation uh, as we can make it. And so what are some things that you specifically um, wish that those of us in North America understood about your experience in Europe? That's difficult. <laughs> um, just, just one thing, just one practical thing is that this, you, when, when I uh, see what's happening in this side B, uh, Facebook groups. It just seems like people hang out all the time, like physically. They meet each other and yeah. go for coffee, and uh, <clears throat> that's so much more difficult here. It just seems that we're so much more spread out, and it's difficult to actually meet each other. I mean, I drove. Yeah, well, maybe even just driving the distance, it wouldn't be so the same for an American. Because I went to see Christian once in Poland. It, it, I drove about, I think, six or seven hours, which an American might not think is a big deal, but I, I had to go through four countries to get there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, and there's, there's, there's another guy who lives in Slovakia, and he's like a you know hours away in another direction, and they're about the nearest, apart from one or two Hungarians, I don't know, not just but not many. Yeah, that that is, I think that that level of commitment in order to be able to have embodied community is something that 
that we don't always understand. Um, that's something definitely that I think that we should be specifically praying for, um, for our siblings and friends that are in other countries that it's not as vocal. There's not as large and intentional community that, you know, there are people that are probably there and are around, but either don't have the language to explain where they are or just haven't been able to meet people. Um, just praying for you I that think also it's, um, it's a different culture. It's, uh, yeah. I'd say it's kind of like an honor shame kind of culture, not so much as the, the Middle East, but yeah. people are just very ashamed of, of admitting that they have these kind of feelings and, and even asking for help. Um, and so I, I would just want to pray that people would, would feel, you know, have enough courage to actually get in touch and, and, to, and to start having a community, you know, some kind of community. A, a guy just contacted me a few weeks ago because he's seen my testimony. So he's, he's in a, a Baptist church in Budapest. He's 20. And he said, I could never tell it. I could never talk about this in my church. Mm. I could, I, no, nobody would, would be able to understand this. But he said, but if, if you know any other people and if we could hang out, then, then that would be great. I thought, yeah, fine. We haven't yet. But um, yeah, they, they do kind of want to meet up with each other, but they were afraid of yeah. anybody finding out, you know, that, uh, where they're at. That, that sounds pretty consistent with, with Christian's observation about it being 10 to 15 years behind. I mean, that's growing up in the United States in the 90s, absolutely. I mean, right. I had, you know, I had friends that I hung out with that we all, I think, probably on some gut level knew that we were all gay and you could never voice that to one another. I mean, that's not something that you talked about. So, um, yeah, I can... I can see how that would be a, a big difference. So I think that's something that we should definitely challenge and encourage listeners here to to really add to our prayer lists. I mean, just to, to make that a consistent thing of praying that that especially young people um, will be able to find those who can help them work through those issues of, of shame and struggle and, and be able to find community that can help them understand what that looks like. For them and in their context that would definitely sure. be helpful yes definitely yeah and let me add there's actually a resource and adrian i don't know if you'd be willing to mention it um but the group epic exists on the internet and it is a group for europeans adrian would you like to say anything about it or yes yes the guy i, I mentioned who lives in the czech republic he's an american and he's uh kind of he's organized this I think um, two years ago we had a retreat in the in the Czech Republic and there were eight of us there and Christine was there too I was there and I loved it it was really great but it was it's people from as far away for, as Moldova in the east and I think England wow. uh, which was very helpful of, of course COVID hasn't helped you know things have, uh, have been just locked down and we couldn't meet last year we're hoping to meet in August again and, uh, and that, that can I can I interject for a moment, Adrian? Pardon? There there was a funny story from when we did that retreat because okay, it was set up in the town of Malinovice. <laughs> oh, yeah. And when you read this in English, it looks like it so, says male novices. <laughs> and one of the guys was going, Dear God, like what is this retreat? What are we doing? <laughs> and we're like, No, 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 it's Malinovice. <laughs> That's so. awesome. <laughs> it's our um, cult initiation for, right. for staff. <laughs> yeah, male novices. <laughs> That's great. 
are there any other things that you would like to share, Adrian, from your your wealth of wisdom and knowledge of just walking this road for um for your lifetime of looking at things that you'd like to share? We have a lot of listeners, um, much like your the young guy that reached out to you recently of people mm. in their teens and early twenties. Are there things that you'd like to share with them just about faithfulness of, of walking with the Lord these years? Oh, I've got so many stories about how God has done amazing things in my life, but that's not the, yeah. and, and that never left me and, you know, always been there for me when I, when I've needed, I mean, I've, I've had some really great difficulties as well, but when I've really needed God to do something, he's always, he's always done something. I just say it's, it's worth it. I mean, some people say, oh, you've given up, you know, having a possible relationship with them and all this, yeah. and you're, you're single, and that must be really terrible. I thought, but it's worth it. I mean, there's nothing like walking with Jesus. And I mean, I just would, wouldn't have ever had it any, any different from what I've had these last 40 years. And I'm, I'm saying I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm fine. I'm contented. Some people find that difficult to understand, but I am as a, as a single guy. And, uh, and the fact that, you know, I, my sexuality hasn't changed, it just doesn't bother me anymore. It's just, it's yeah. fine. If God's fine with it, then, then why shouldn't I be fine with it? And, uh, I so that. I'm just... I'm happy. I wouldn't be anything other than a Christian. I, I'd do it all again. It's, it's, you know, just stick at it. Don't give up. <laughs> I love that. Sometimes that's all the encouragement and the word that we need. Um, Christian, do you have anything that, that you'd like to add kind of closing up here? Um, yeah, just, just to wrap up that, uh, I'm really glad that the group Epic exists. Um, it, so far it's proved to be a space where the, Odd end Europeans around Europe are able to network a bit, and hopefully that can continue to be a space for Europeans to build a network. Um, I, I didn't chime in in your previous thing, but I meant to. I was going to say that two of the things for me that were important, um, as I as I ministered to and desperately love Europeans even now, uh, was for the the queer European. Um, seeing that they don't have the spaces presently in the church to to necessarily vocalize and of course I, i'm i'm primarily speaking towards eastern europe not necessarily western europe and of course more specifically the polish context but uh wanting to see resources provided for for christian europeans to be able to start sitting down at the table and having these conversations without shame and fear um, my, my friend was kicked out of his church in Poland because of the fact that he was gay. And so, um, having a heavy burden in that realm, but then also being encouraged that with the vast diversity that Europe presents, um, you know, in, in a way, America can be a little bit homogenous, yeah. more or yeah. less. We tend to have a lot of similar thought, but Europe is just so diverse, yeah. so variant that, there's going to be so much beauty as the European church, like, you know, the 50, 60, however many plus cultures that represent Europe start really getting into this conversation in the years to come. I'm really excited to see what beauty is going to come out of that space. And I think we're going to be really encouraged by that as well. Um, I mean, we already are in some ways. We may not always see it, but uh, even more so as the voices get louder. Yeah. So I'm, I'm encouraged as I look at Europe, but also desperately praying for Europe. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Yeah, it, it's the, the diversity that I love. The more that I study different cultures and peoples and and looking all of those, I mean, just the, the vision of Revelation 5 when he talks about every tongue, tribe, and nation. And even, I mean, coming from an American context, that's still, I, like, I just think, oh, different colors because we have so many races and people, but you're right about us being a very generally homogenous sort of culture, even though we cover such a large area geographically, um, that I've always thought, oh, it's going to be a lot of people that look really different. Uh, but as you begin to just expand your perspective globally, that it's not just based on what we look like, but different mm -hmm. cultures and understandings and interactions and languages. Yeah. And the more you see the vastness of humanity, the more you can recognize the vastness of God and the fact that we reflect his image, um, just how fascinating it's going to be. Um, when we do finally get to spend eternity not fighting over grammar, um, but getting to just worship together fully as ourselves, as diverse and and varied as God created us to be, that that in our perfected state is going to be how we get to spend eternity. And the mm -hmm. more diverse group of people that I meet, the more excited I am about that that idea. Thank you for the gospel oh. goosebumps. I appreciate I know, it. Right? I, it's I so just, exciting. I, I love thinking about it. Um, well, Adrian, thank you so much for sharing about your experience. Um, we would love it here at the Life on Side B podcast for those of our listeners who are in Europe to um, share with us your experiences. What resonated with you that you heard from Adrian and Christian? What might be completely different? We talked extensively about differences between Eastern and Western Europe and differences between countries. Um, but if you are able, um, email us, share with us, connect with us, and let us know what your experiences are like. And we'd love to be able to, to meet back together and, and share some of those um, in, in different conversations at a later date. Um, so, Adrian, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Christian, it is delightful, as always, to get to talk with you. Pleasure. And um, thank you so much for spending time with us to let us know what things look like um, for you in Europe. We appreciate it. You're welcome.